Welcome back, everyone. This is the Author Revolution Podcast, and I'm your host, Carissa Andrews. In this episode, we'll be discussing seven ways to write faster and crush your nano goals. But first, I'd like to mention that this episode is sponsored by my free mini course, 14 Writing Hacks for Busy People. If you're struggling to hit your word count goals, this free course might be just the thing you need to up your game and get your words on the page. So I don't know about you, but NaNoWriteMo is going super well. I am in the process of writing my series that's going to be launching next year that is a huge deal to me because I am making big dreams, big goals, and I'm trying to hit the New York Times bestseller list with this four-part series. Book one is a book that has been written before, so it's not as difficult for me this year as it has been in the past because it has a different incarnation. It's already living out there as a full manuscript, and I am just trying to tweak it into what I'm actually trying to accomplish for this series. But it's been a fun, super fun experience trying to get the words on the page, trying to mold them the way that I want. And I hope that you guys are all doing really, really well with your work uncles too, and that your story is starting to unfold and you're able to see where it's going and what you're trying to accomplish with it. We're halfway through NaNoWriteMo and there are so many fun things that can unfold. Okay, so maybe you're not doing as well as you'd hope though. I know that I have had definitely years in the past where NaNoWriteMo has been a super struggle. This just happens to not be one of them. And I get it. I've been there where you are. If you are struggling to hit those writing count goals, 1,667 words a day when you haven't been writing on a daily basis can be a bit daunting. And it can be a bit of a struggle if your brain isn't quite engaged in your story or in your process. In order to really get your brain and your mindset engaged and ready to go so that you can hit the rest of the nano season and still come out on the other side with those 50,000 words, There are a few writing hacks that you can think about incorporating starting now. So for those of you who listened to the last episode, this one's not going to seem unusual at all. I want you to be thinking about your daily routine. So if you've been writing in the morning and things are really sluggish and it is a struggle and you're taking far too long to get those words on the page, I want you to really think about, is this part of your routine working for you? And now we talked about making sure that you're writing at the same time every single day. But if it's not working, I want you to think about why. Is it because the time of morning is just too busy? You're thinking about your work schedule, your workout schedule. Are you thinking about all the different things that you have to be accomplishing that you don't have time for this? I get that a lot. I know myself, I do that a lot. Maybe it's in the evening. Maybe you're trying to write in the evening and you're finding you are just too doggone tired to get your words on the page. And it is just a struggle. And you're finding that you're getting disheartened because all you want to do is sit down and relax. That, my friend, is called decision fatigue for most of us. We go through every single day where we are making decisions big and small. And by the end of the day, a lot of us are really drained. Maybe you're a night person and you're more creative at night. More power to you. That is not me. For those of you who are listening and wondering, Yes, I do write my stories in the morning, if at all possible. There are times where I'll write in the evening, but for the most part, I will get it done first thing in the morning and move on with the rest of my day. But that's just how I roll. I like mornings. I'm a morning person, and I like getting things accomplished and feeling like my day is accomplished by you know eight o'clock in the morning. It's pretty awesome. So if your daily routine is not working, I want you to think about shaking it up. Put it in a blender, mix it up, 
try something new and see if it works. Even if you're writing every single day and it's a different time of day, it's still a routine. You are still trying to get your system in place so that you know what works the best for you. Okay, so number two is get out of your routine in your house. So I mentioned a little bit about getting out of your routine, but when I mean routine in your house, I meaning if you write at the same place, maybe it isn't your house, maybe it's actually an office or a coffee shop or whatever, but if it's not working for you, I want you, wherever it is, you know, I want you to be thinking about where else can you try writing? For myself, I have a tendency to really love writing my novels on my laptop. I like being cozy with it. I like it on my lap. I like the intimacy of like closing myself off either on my bed or on my couch, putting my headphones in and just really zoning into the story. This year, I'm going to be trying it on my big computer that I have and I have a better setup. It's a more ergonomic chair because I spend a lot of time typing and at my desk. But if it doesn't work for me, I'm leaving it. I'm going to walk away from this desk and I'm going to take my laptop and I'm going to go sit on my bed or sit on my couch or even leave my house entirely and go to a coffee shop and see if it works better. And that is something that I want you to be thinking about doing as well. That if your location isn't working for you, it could be it's too cluttered, it could be it's too noisy, it could be a whole host of things. So get out of your own way, try something different and see if it works. See if you are able to hit better word count goals. All right, hack number two is writing sprints. For those of you who have never done a writing sprint before, this is basically where you're going to take a time frame. Let's say it is 15 minutes. 15 minutes is a bite-sized actionable chunk, right? It's not very daunting. You can do this pretty quickly. You sit down, you shut off the distractions next to you, set a timer. You're going to do nothing but write for 15 minutes for that sprint. Don't look at your phone. Don't try to edit. Don't try to look up something. You literally just focus on the words one after the other and write. And I have found that that is super helpful for me, not so much in 15-minute sprints, but I'll, I'll do anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour because those timeframes for my brain work the best. I'm able to get into my groove and really understand the story and the nuances of characters and all that sort of thing going on. Where if I'm doing only 15 minutes, I'm not quite there yet. My brain hasn't quite kicked into gear and I'm not able to really dive as deep, I think, as I like to do when I'm writing. But there are other people who are just starting out and who can't sit still that long, or maybe you have a back issue or a problem with your wrists, whatever the case might be, you might only be able to handle a few minutes at a time. So sprinting, whatever the duration, is great. And you can do this alone. You can do it in those writer groups that we've talked about last week. You can even do it on Twitter. Search hashtags for writer sprints or just the words writer sprints and see what happens. You might make some really cool friends. For those of you who don't know, I actually met my husband on Twitter. So I love Twitter. It's, a, it's an amazing source of writerly support, and I really encourage checking it out. Okay, so number four. This one, oh my goodness. Okay, so I love trying new things, and I love trying to get things done. This one is a struggle for me, and interestingly enough, maybe you will laugh because it's, you know, here I am on a podcast talking about things to do, but for whatever reason, dictation, meaning speaking your story into uh, an app like 
Audacity or Audition, which is what I use for my podcasts and my audiobooks. If you dictate into something, maybe you're using Scrivener. They actually have a dictation tool as well. You can use the dictation. It writes right into Scrivener. And speaking into a microphone, your entire story, word by word, can increase your speed exponentially. I mean, it's huge. And I've done it before. And it's so true. You can go from a couple hundred words to 3,000 words in an hour. So if you speak faster than you type, this might be a really good one for you. But it does have a learning curve, I guess I would say, because your brain, when you're typing something, it's using a completely different side of your brain than if you're speaking it. And for whatever reason, for me, I really love the extra moment, I guess, that my brain gets when I am typing it and doing things through my fingertips. But it's not to say that I haven't dictated and that I won't dictate in the future. It's just that for whatever reason, it doesn't feel as intimate to me or as comfortable to me. But it does, even for me, increase my word counts. In an hour, I can type probably about mm, 2,000 words maybe in an hour, but I can speak way faster than I can type. And I can type fast, so I can get 3,000 to 5,000 words in an hour to an hour and a half. It all just depends on what you're doing and what your goals are. So if you're falling behind, really think about getting a microphone and just doing some dictation. Now, here's a caveat to the dictation part of things, because I didn't learn this right away and it was really a big struggle. So if you're going to dictate, do it in two separate sessions that are back to back. I want you to turn your computer around. Don't look at the words that it's typing at all, okay? Because they are never going to be accurate. I don't care how good Dragon is or the Dragon software that is ingrained into your computer is or any of that stuff. It just, it's not going to keep up with you. So here's what I want you to do. Turn your computer around, your laptop around. Don't look at it. Turn yourself around if you can't turn the monitor around. And I want you to just speak whatever comes to mind when it comes to the story. Okay, do that actually in a sprint for about a half an hour, an hour most. If you go over an hour, it gets to be a little bit daunting. So if you do an hour and then turn it off, go back into your computer, and I want you to spend the next hour going through everything Dragon just dictated and clean it all up. So don't, don't clean it as you're typing it or as you're speaking it because you're slowing yourself down. You go in, do all of your dictation first, and immediately follow it by your cleanup session. And the reason for that is that if you don't do that immediately afterwards, you'll come back a couple hours later or a couple days later and go, what in the world was I trying to say with this? Because there will be some sentences that are so out of left field, you have no clue whatsoever what in the world it was trying to do. If you follow it right immediately afterwards, your brain is still pretty fresh about what you were saying or how you were saying it. And you'll be able to remember what it was you were trying to accomplish with that sentence or with that word or whatever the case might be. Okay, deal? Great. <laughs> All right, so tip number five or hack number five actually is, and this is you know, no, no big deal. It's no shocking horror of any kind, but it's no distractions, okay? Shut off all your distractions. What does that mean? It means shut your phone off. Don't look at it. Shut off your internet if you have to so that you're not getting any email dings popping up or notifications of whatever the case might be. So when you are sitting down to write, whether it be for that 15-minute sprint or for three hours, whatever the case is for you, have no distractions. Close your office door. Tell your kids that you are 
away from the office for like the next however long. No one's, you know, going to die if they don't get juice or whatever the case might be. You need to just say, look, sorry, honey, I am writing. You need to support that. Don't distract me for the next hour. Okay. Really, what that means is giving yourself permission to take some time for you to get yourself in place, to really do the words, to do the work, and not allow your dory brain, you know, ooh, shiny, to constantly be looking for another distraction to keep you from getting your goals done because we oftentimes will get in our own way. When it comes to writing, it's a big goal. And sometimes when it's big, we want to distract ourselves and we want to do something that's easy because it is, because it's easy. And that's not who you are. That's not what you're going for. Your goal is to hit this word count goal. Your goal is to get that book done so that you can get it cleaned up, so that you can get it published. And I want you to stay focused on that goal when you're writing it and your overall goal of why. You need to find that why so that you know how to handle all the little stuff that's going on around you. Because once you have that why, it's super easy to stay focused and super easy to go forward and get all that stuff done. And trust me, as someone who has way too many projects on their hands, I do have to do this and I do have to set those boundaries with family and friends and kids. It doesn't mean that I don't get to see them, although my husband would probably disagree with that. But you do have to actually give yourself permission to do those big things, to take on those big goals and to go for it without any worries or anything that's going on or anything that pops up. The rest of the world can wait for an hour. Okay, so number six. This hack is really something that helped me in the beginning. I don't use it as much now because I've gotten my groove on. I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm not as worried about my story or anything like that, but writing partners. This can also be called a crit partner or critique partner, but really having someone that you lean on who will read your work, who will have you read their work, it creates that accountability. And so when you have accountability, not just with like NaNoWriteMo and putting your words on their website, like we talked about last week, but really it's about telling them, hey, look, I am going to have X number of words written by X date, and I want you to look at it and hold me accountable. And then they'll do the same thing. You're encouraging each other to hit your goals and you're encouraging each other not only to write, but really to grow and give yourself permission to do the big things that you're trying to do. Plus, it's super fun because let's face it, not everybody gets us writers. If I went to my mom and tried to explain to her like the myriad ways a storyline could go, she would glass over in the first two minutes and I would like completely lose her. She loves me dearly. She reads my work. She's a, she's a reader. She has a really great creative mind. She's a painter. But if I get into the nuances of writing, she's just not with me. And I'm really lucky that my husband is for the most part, although he hasn't been writing for a little while and he's just trying on NaNoWriteMo again this year, which is awesome. But we actually met because we were writing. And so I have that person that I can turn to and say, hey, look, this is what I'm thinking about for this story. What do you think? Do you think it'll work? And we can bounce ideas off of each other. And that's another great thing about writing partners as well. They'll help you hash out a problem. If you're coming up into something and you've written yourself into a corner, you can write yourself out because writing is all about being creative. It's about thinking about something from a perspective that can be completely original and completely 
crazy and amazing and whatever the case might be, there is never a point where you're going to have like a complete problem that you're not going to be able to fix at all 100%. So you can always tweak something. Words can be tweaked. You can change the way something happened. It's all malleable and moldable and fluid. And writing partners can help you to identify those areas that you really can change or make better. Plus, great accountability places, and they'll help you to stay on task. Now, number seven, this final hack is one that is, <laughs> it's kind of funny for me to be able to talk about this because when I first started, it was something that just was not my cup of tea at all. And I thought people who did this were insane. But it is outlining first. Yes, when I first started writing, I was a pantser. I was a complete 100% total pantser because I loved dropping into my world of Pandamus and being there and experiencing it and seeing the world through the eyes of my characters and just allowing the story itself to unfold. The problem that I found with that is that as my career opened up, so when I first started Pandamus, I'll actually talk about this first. When I first started Pandamus, it was for the love of writing. It was just for the love of the story. I didn't know that eventually I would like to turn this into a career. So I really thought people who were outlining were just kind of crazy <laughs> and were kind of stifling their creativity a little bit. However, what I found then after Panamis was that there was this time frame where I felt like I didn't know if I did it right or if I was on the right track or if I had too many words or too less words. Did I have my twists in the right place? I love twisty stories. I love things that turn things on their heads. Did I have all that information in the right place? I had no idea if I did or didn't. And so when I came back at writing a number of years later, so I I wrote Pandamus in 2010, published it in 2013, and I didn't come back into that trilogy until 2017. Guys, it's crazy when I think about it. Actually, I think I wrote Polarities in 2016 and revolutions in in like the beginning part of 2017. But both were published at the end of 2017. And when I came back at those next two books, I, I had like a skeletal outline. I was okay with a skeleton. It's okay to have, you know, just a guideline so that I knew where I was going and I didn't get myself lost. My friend Sherry, she's my beta reader extraordinaire. She's the one that kind of set me on this path of writing back in 2010. And she is like a complete A-type spreadsheet person. She was like, how do you keep track of everything in your brain? You need a spreadsheet. You need to keep track of everything in a spreadsheet. And I found that my brain just doesn't work like that. I like to have the creativity to flow with the story. So my outline was a skeletal outline, which gave me that guideline, allowed me to go where I needed to go, but gave the characters in the world the creative freedom to do what they needed to do within that framework. Okay. And now for this year, for this really big story, the Windhaven Witches that I'm doing for uh, the New York Times that I'm trying to hit with, that one, not only have I done my skeletal outline, but I've also gone in and done a chapter by chapter outline. And that's something that is totally new to me and something that I didn't feel overly comfortable with at first because I thought, oh, geez, how is this going to, how is this going to go? It's going to like stifle my creativity, isn't it? But what I found is that it's actually motivated me to not only get the whole story out, but like I, I can see in book one right now, the entire overall arc of the entire series of books. It's not just, you know, me with a flashlight knowing what book one is doing and then hoping that I can try to make books two, three, and four work. But it's knowing that entire trip 
even if it's just main touch points that I'm talking about in those little chapter by chapter summaries. I mean, we're talking like three, maybe four sentences most for each chapter. So it's not anything huge, but it does give you that kind of creative license to follow the story in the moment and how it's going to go so that you are able to then dive in and know what that chapter is supposed to be about and write it quickly. And I can't say that it's always perfect. Sometimes you do have to do some tweaking, but at least when you have that outline, you have your map and you're ready to rock and roll and you're able to get those words down on the page so much faster because you don't spend any time hemming and hawing about what is this chapter or this scene going to look like. You already know it. It's already there. You just have to sit down and do the work. So there you have it, my friends. Those are the seven writing hacks that I use and I use them often to be able to hit my work count goals. There are actually a whole bunch more and uh, we'll talk about that in a second. So thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget that you can look over the show notes, find any of the links to things we're talking about by going to authorrevolution.org forward slash three. Now, this episode was sponsored by my free online mini course, 14 Writing Hacks for Busy People. Some of this stuff might overlap a little bit with what we're going to talk about in that free mini course, but there are still seven others. Actually, there's more than seven because I gave you a couple of extras in this today. You can try out and see what works best for you in order to get more writing in your day. You can get access to it right away by visiting the show notes or by dropping by authorrevolution.org. As always, if you like this episode or have any feedback for me, I would really love it if you'd leave me a review on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you are listening to this podcast. As I start getting a few of them, I'm going to start doing listener shout outs. So I would love to read your review on the air. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you click the subscribe button now. And just like I said last week, it basically gives you the opportunity to download them as they come out so that you don't miss a thing. Next week's talk should be pretty exciting for those of you who are getting on with your NaNoWriMo goals and you're able to crush it. I'll be talking about life after NaNoWriMo and what comes next when you have your novel complete. All right, guys, until next time.